Greetings, this is Pastor Stan Harvey of the Pentecostals of Sydney. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. It is our hope that this message, whether it be a Sunday service or a midweek lesson, would be a blessing and a help to you in your spiritual journey. Stay connected with us on our website, posydney.com, or on our numerous social media platforms. Now to the service. So if you have your Bibles, let's read, and where it is our custom to read, to stand for the reading of God's Word. It is also our custom that at the end of the preaching that we have an altar service where you can respond to the Word of God. Psalms 19 and verse 1, and uh, I tried to minimize our reading because I know you've been standing for a long time, but I do want to read the whole chapter. So if you get overly tired, you can sit. But uh, we'll read from chapter 19, verse 1. It says to the chief musician, a psalm of David, the heavens declare the glory of God. The heavens declare the glory of God. And the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech. And night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice, whose voice? The voice of the heavens, the firmament, and of the universe, the world where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tabernacle for the sun. Even the sun has a roof, he says. That's how big our God is. Which is like a bridegroom coming out of the chamber and rejoices like a strong man to run its race. Its rising is from one end of heaven and its circuit to the other end and there is nothing hidden from its heat. Then it goes into the the word of the Lord, the law of the Lord. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired also they than gold. Yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them, keeping the Lord's word, there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from the secret faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me, then I shall be blameless, and I shall be innocent of transgression. The final verse it said, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. With the help of the Lord today, I want to talk to you on the revelation of God's glory. We're looking into the glory of God, the revelation of God's glory. Let us pray. We want to pray for Brother Theo, who's in hospital, is not doing well, and also Sister Amelia. So let's pray and ask the Lord to minister to us also. Father, in Jesus' name, we think of our brother and our sister today in hospital. We pray, Lord, that you would reach out to them and that you would bring healing to their bodies right now, Lord God. Recover them speedily, even in this same hour, that you would restore their health in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord God, for your word here today, we ask you to speak to your people. Anoint your servant and the people of God that we may receive with faith believing. And Lord, manifest your glory in this house. Before the service is over, manifest your power, your majesty, your goodness, your grace. Lord, reveal it here today in the midst of your people. 
And we will not fail to give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Would you clap your hands one more time and give a praise? Would you go to your neighbor, give him a high five, and tell him, I want to see God's glory. You may be seated. Augustine, the early church father, said that there are two books that God has written. God wrote two books. You say, well, I thought he wrote 66. Well, God, he says, wrote two books. Scripture, which includes all 66 books of the Bible. And then he also wrote the book of nature. Scripture and nature. And Psalms 19, the text that we read, speaks of these two books and how they reveal the glory of God. He says, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. This is what is called general revelation. That the general revelation that God has revealed his existence to all humanity according to scripture through the things that are created through the physical world. This planet, uh, the mountains, the stars, the sun, the moon, you and I, the, the stars in the universe, it all is the general revelation of God to reveal his glory to this world. And it is interesting to, to, to think of this because most of us, if not all of us, were grown up wondering and, and, and asking the question, well, where is God? We've seen nature. We've seen the seas and the rivers and the valleys and the mountains, and yet somehow... How is that that it speaks of the existence of God? Well, much like your own human spirit, we all have a spirit today. Uh, that is the immaterial part of you. And we cannot see your spirit except through the physical uh, casing of your spirit, which is your body. So by virtue of your physical body, we can see the immaterial part of you that is your spirit. And in the same way, the physical world, it speaks of the invisible God. That, that in Romans, the Bible tells us this scripture uh, where God declares, in Romans chapter 1, it says, For the wrath of God, in verse number 18, is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. He says God's wrath is revealed who hold men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, or the, the word hold means to suppress. It says, because that, in verse number 19, which may be known of God, is manifest in them. For God has shown it unto them. For, watch this, verse number 20, it says, the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and Godhead. So here's the final part of that verse, so that they are without excuse. What does it mean without excuse? It means what Paul is saying here is that God has revealed himself through the created order of the world so that one day you will not be able to stand before God, before his judgment seat and say, 
I, I never saw you. I never knew you. I didn't realize you ever existed. He says, no. He says, every man holds the truth or suppresses the truth in unrighteousness. In other words, every human being, this is God's word now, it's not mine. Every human being has the knowledge of God within them. Amen. We all know that there's a God. But we try to hold it down. We try to suppress it because we love unrighteousness. Because a man wants to sin. And because he wants to sin, he wants to silence this voice that tells him God is real and God exists. But I submit to you today that the reason you're sitting here today is because there was a voice inside of you. There was a voice inside every one of us that told us that when we die, we know we're going to have to meet the maker. We're going to have to meet the judge. And so I wonder if this God is real, I need to find out about him. I need to know whether he's real. I need to get to know him. Amen. Don't hold the truth in unrighteousness. Don't suppress the voice that's telling you to get right with God. It's the voice of God because all of creation, if you look out in the universe, look at the mountains and the stars and the seas, if you look at even your own human body, it speaks to the reality of an awesome God. It reveals the glory of God. Let me just geek out a little bit here with apologetics. You, you just look at creation. You just look at the physical and material world. How incredibly sophisticated and beautiful this world is. How incredible it is that, that we have, you know, for example, what we learn in primary school. The water cycle, right? The water cycle takes the, the waters from the sea and the rivers. And the sun's heat evaporates the water so that it turns into vapor. It rises up into the clouds. And then it can, becomes condensation to form clouds. And then when it gets cold enough, it goes into precipitation well it brings down the rain so there's this constant supply of life-giving water the, the world is finely tuned the world is incredibly set so that it makes life possible for us on this planet it it makes the flourishing of human life and animal life so incredible in this world now, now, I know we don't think much about that. We just take that for granted. Yeah, that's just kind of the way it is. But how is it that that happens? Why is it that that should even occur? Why isn't it just water just stays where it is? It doesn't get spread to the rest of the world. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry if you just indulge me for a few moments. The same with, with what the scientists call the fine-tuning of the universe. They say that the universe is finely tuned to, to an exact measurement the four fundamental laws of the universe. Okay, I'm sorry. This is, I, I, I get fascinated by these things because the Bible tells me that the physical world reveals the existence of God. And so when I look at the physical world, scientists tells us that there are four constants. There's the law of gravity. There's the law of the electromagnetic force. There's the strong and the weak nuclear force. And he says, of these four, they've discovered that they're all finely tuned to a particular measurement. Uh, for example, if you take the law of gravity, it, the law of gravity is on a measurement. And, it, and they said this is how wide the possibility of the measurements of gravity is. If you take a ruler, and the ruler was the length of the universe. Okay, can you imagine that? All right, that's just, for me, my, it's, my head is limited. I only imagine 30 centimeter ruler, right, in school. <laughs> imagine a ruler, the length of the universe. 
And they said the measurement of gravity falls on a particular spot. Just like, you know, back in the old days, we would tune our radios to get, and you have to turn it. It's distorted when it's not tuned to anything. And then you get it to 103.2. And you hear music. You hear something. Yeah, it's funny. But if you move it just a little bit, it's going to be distorted. You're not going to hear much. And it says that gravity is measured in the same way, that it's finely tuned. If you move gravity to be a little bit on the right side, a little bit stronger on that ruler, then, then the weight of gravity would be so much stronger that all of these toxic gases would now fall to the earth and we would all die because we can't breathe in those toxic gases to live. Uh, and so, and then they also said, if you made it a little less strong gravity, then, then gravity wouldn't be able to keep down oxygen and all of the air that we need to breathe would be dissipated out into the atmosphere, into space, and we would have no oxygen. And somehow it finds itself measured perfectly. The measurement of gravity is perfectly set so that it allows us to have enough oxygen to stay in the atmosphere and strong enough or weak enough to allow the gases to leave the atmosphere so that we are not poisoned in this atmosphere called earth. And, and that begs the question then, that if that is the case, then how did that happen? How is it that the dice, it fell on this exact measurement when you've got a ruler, the length of the universe, that it somehow did not fall on any other measurement except the perfect measurement that allows for life to be sustained. And scientists would try to tell you it was an accident. It was an accident. I wish I had an accident where somebody gave me the lotto ticket to Thursday night's $200 million Super Bowl. There's no such, it's not an accident. The only logical explanation, the only rational explanation for the physical world that we live in was there is a mind behind this physical world that set the measurement right in the same spot. Can I tell you, if you can't feel God or sense God, open your eyes to the physical world. Look up into heaven and see the magnificence and the beauty and the exquisiteness of our created world. That we can live on this planet and flourish. Oh, that speaks. No wonder the writer said the heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows the handiwork of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. We've got no excuse, friend. You can't say, well, well, God, you never came down and grabbed me by the nap of my neck. You never twisted my arm and made me go to church. And so how can I know there's no excuse, friend? There is no excuse. I'm thinking of, uh, just again, just finally, tuned, I, just, I, I discovered this recently uh, where, you know, uh, they say that the water, the water leaves the planet Every time, uh, um, all the time, every day, the water leaves the atmosphere of the planet. And so they said, well, the scientists are scratching their head. Well, they're wondering, well, if that's the case, how is it that the planet continues to maintain the same proportion of water in our planet? They said, well, they're wondering, how in the world does that happen? Well, they came to discover, you, you ever see like a shooting star at night? Th those, are, those are like asteroids that are coming into the earth. They discovered that every kind of foreign asteroid that comes into the earth mostly are, are, doesn't go and doesn't land on people. But they said they're always bringing with them water. 
they have water that brings the water back into the atmosphere so that it always maintains the same level and percentage of water in our planet. Coincidence? By accident? No, God knew what he was doing. He created this world. Oh, I wish I had time. Amen. But God reveals his glory through this created world that we're living in. Speaks day unto day, the Bible says, night unto night, it utters speech. It proclaims and declares God's glory and existence. But I also want you to know in the same chapter, the Bible tells us that there is also another way that God reveals his glory. He reveals it through his word. Through Scripture. Scripture is the second book that God had written, 66 books and two testaments. It's this Bible that is still the best-selling book in all of history. It still has the power, this written words, ink on paper, still has the ability to change and convert somebody's life. Amen. Can I tell you that your eyes can see through your hearing you're able to see with your ears you can see the glory of God with us what are you talking about you hear with your ears and you see with your eyes no you can see with your ears when you read the Bible when the Bible the word of God is preached it goes into your ears and you begin to see the glory of God oh that's how powerful this word is the Bible is our map, road map to heaven. It's our road map to a place of peace and joy. The Word of God has the answers to every problem, every circumstance. And if you want to see the glory of God, you've got to get into this book. You've got to get the Word of God into your soul, into your life. The Word of God. Hallelujah. We need the Bible. We need the Old and the New Testament. That's why we read the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis, well, we don't even know what a woman is without the book of Genesis. It answers the fundamental questions of where we come from, that we are male and female. Why the book of Exodus? Through the book of Exodus, we can understand salvation and where we're going. Why Leviticus? So that we can know the holiness of God. Why the book of Numbers? To understand how God refines his disciples why the book of Deuteronomy to know the love of God why the book of Joshua to know how God will conquer the world why the book of Judges and Ruth and the historical books to know the redemptive history is heading towards Messiah why the book of Isaiah and Jeremiah to understand the plan of God through Messiah why the minor prophets to point us to Christ why the gospels because the gospels speak of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why the book of Acts? To know how the church started and to know how the church functions. Why the epistles? To know the doctrine of the church. Why the book of Revelation and Daniel and Ezekiel? To know what is to come. I want you to know the Bible is God's glory revealed. The Word of God is what will bring us change and transformation and salvation. It is perfect. It is upright. 
Hallelujah. That's why whatever you got to do, the next 21 days of fasting, you got to get the word of God in your heart. That's why at this church, we're always emphasizing Bible studies, emphasizing small groups, new life class, because when you get around the word of God, we might just be your kitchen table at home. It might just be your lounge room. But when you begin to look at the word of God, the power of God is released. The glory of God is revealed to transform your life. Oh, hallelujah. Thank God for the word. It's his revealed glory. He says in his verse that the word of God is perfect. Amen. It is converting the soul. You want to know how to be saved? The Bible says scripture. And this is a parallel to 2 Timothy that tells us all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. It is profitable for reproof, for correction, and instruction in righteousness. And it can make one wise unto salvation. You want to know how to be saved? You want to know how to get to heaven? It's not your tradition. It's not the culture. It's not TikTok or social media it's in the word of God how you can get to heaven God revealed his promise hallelujah it's perfect converting the soul it can transform your life to make sure that when your life on earth is through when you close your eyes for the last time you're going to open it up in glory how do I know it's in the word it's in the bible it's in holy scripture hallelujah that's why we don't understand it just for some words in the scriptures. And you somehow obey those words. A preacher tells you and begins to quote Acts 2.38 and tells you to repent of your sins and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Something happens. The remission of your sins takes place. Every sin that you've ever committed is removed by the power of the name of Jesus. And in your obedience, there's no lightning flash there's no there's no kind of electricity or goosebump but according to the word you come up out of the water without your sin and you walk in a newness a newness of life hallelujah i'm sorry to get excited but this is what's changed my life how is it you can hear some words, something happens on the inside of you, something changes just from hearing some words. You can't see the words, but you hear it. Something transpires in your heart and mind. There's a little belief in there that says, yes, I believe I'm going to give this a shot. I'm trusting God. I don't know who this guy is at the pulpit, but I'm trusting his Bible. I'm trusting the word. You make that decision. Sins are washed away. And then we go to the Bible. And the Bible says, if you're sick, we lay hands on you. And in the name of Jesus Christ, you shall. I'll be healed. There's no power with me. There's no power in this building, but it's the word. When you act upon the word, something has got to happen. When you trust and follow his word, healing takes place. Change takes place. Hallelujah. 
The Word of God is, the Bible says, the law of the Lord is perfect. It's perfect. Still the best-selling book in all of history. No matter how many times some books have been on the New York Times bestsellers list, hasn't been outdone the Bible. The claims of the Bible have yet to be refuted by anybody. Don't believe the lie that somebody tells you, oh, it's full of contradictions. It's not. Because, you know, when I, I, I'll be honest with you. When I came to this church as a 19-year-old, I was a little bit cynical. I was a bit skeptical because I had this mindset, you see, that was, that was molded from the world. I had this philosophy of life that, that I, I don't know, man. I, I mean, I had the Holy Ghost, but I still wasn't sure. And I said, I've determined if I find something that's in Scripture that they're not doing, that this church is not following, I'm going to say bye-bye. <laughs> 30-something years later, here I am, still here. Because the law of the Lord, it's perfect. You know, they recently, uh, the Boeing, Boeing airplanes, they, uh, they, may, they, they had to recall a lot of their 737 MAX 9s. Uh, because they were in the middle of, of a flight, their whole a fuselage would blow out, whole door would blow out. So United Airlines, they decided we're going to ground all of our, our 737 fleet. I think over about 90 planes, 737s. We're going to ground them and find out what the problem is. And they said, is there something wrong with Boeing's manufacturing? So they checked and, and they, the manufacturing was spot on. They followed the manufacturing. It was, it was world class. The quality control was, was, was the best. But they discovered there wasn't anything wrong with the manufacturing. The problem was with the design of the new plane. The design was flawed. And so no matter how good they were at manufacturing the plane, if they're following the design, there's always going to be a problem. And that's the problem with us in the world is because we followed a design that was dictated to by society, by the world. And remember, Satan is the god of this world. We thought that we would be happy if we just get that million dollar home. We thought that we would have it all fulfilled if we just got that career, got that girl, got that boy, that everything was going to be okay. But that design is wrong. And the Bible, the scriptures, the Bible tells us to be not conformed to this world, Romans, Romans 12, to be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The reason why is because conforming to the world is conforming to the wrong design. But it's the scripture. The word of God is the proper design. And when you align your life to God's promise and God's word, amen, God will make sure that you will not fail. You're not going to have a blowout. But if you continue to build your life upon the word of God, follow the teachings of scripture. Follow the principles of the word. Get it in your heart and in your mind walk in obedience to the word I promise you God will take you to the level that he's calling you he'll bring success he'll bring reward he'll bring his promise hallelujah the word of God is God's glory revealed he says the law of the Lord is perfect can convert the soul. It's, it's a plan that is not flawed. 
when you build your life upon anything else, he said, it's like building your house upon sand. It's going to have a great collapse. When you build your life on a design that is perfect, his law is perfect, then you will always, always stand. That's why I, I love this passage of scripture. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, God reaffirms his love for his people. Let me read this to you because I believe this is relevant for us today. He says, now it shall come to pass. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God, watch this, will set you high above all nations of the earth. And all of these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Amen. It's not just going to come upon you, but it's going to overtake you. We're always chasing after the blessing. But when you're following the design, you're following God's word, it says the blessing will chase us and it will overtake us. Come on. Because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall you be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Any farmers in here today? Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies to rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee from you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses, in all to which you set your hand, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself just as he has sworn to you. If you keep his commandments, the commandments of the Lord your God and you walk in his ways, then all the peoples of the earth, watch this, shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of you. Come on, we don't have to be afraid of them. We've got the blessings of God and they can be afraid of us. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, and in the produce of your ground, in the land in which the Lord swore to your fathers to give to you. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens to give the rain to your land in its season, and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow, and the Lord will make you the head and not the tail you shall be above only and not beneath if you heed the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you today and are careful to observe them I want you to know if you follow the design if you obey his word if you keep his commandments God will bless you hallelujah Because it's perfect. Say, well, why can't God just give me that anyway? Why do I have to? Aren't we in the dispensation of grace now? Grace is the unmerited, unearned favor of God. Why do I have to do that in order for God to bless me? Well, simple reason. Because you still have free will. He won't make you follow him. He won't make you follow the design. But he said, if you follow the design of the manufacturer for your life, he's your creator.
Amen. If you ever, ever see an object and you don't know what it's for, well, you've got to ask the creator of the object what that is for. You want to know your purpose? You want to know why you are here on this earth? Well, you've got to ask the manufacturer, the creator of your life, what your purpose is in this life. He knows what's good for you. And when you take your free will, when you have take the power of your choice and say like Joshua, Joshua said to Israelites, do whatever you want to do but as for me and my house we're going to serve the Lord we've made up our mind we're making a decision to follow God's promise not following philosophy or popular science or popular culture but I'm going to stand upon God's word it is timeless it is eternal it is correct Hallelujah. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. The Bible tells us that it can convert the soul. And that the statues of verse number 8, the statues of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. You want to get happy? Isn't that why what we're all after is happiness and joy? In fact, let me even go so far as to say that the reason why people sin, why we sin, is because we want to get happy. So we sin, we try to fulfill that happiness by doing the wrong things, thinking that that's going to make us happy. But we're all after happiness and joy. It says the commandments, the, the statutes of the Lord, they will rejoice the heart. They will give you joy. Because when we pursue happiness any other means, in any other way, it, it, you know, in my sin might be, the Bible says, is pleasurable for a season. Yeah, it feels good, right? Get that itch scratched and want to go here, you go here, you want to, uh-huh, you uh-huh. It's pleasurable for a season, but it brings death and emptiness ultimately. But the writer of Psalms says, restore, David said, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. I, I don't know if you can remember. Maybe we've been saved too long. We can't remember what it's like when we lived all of our life being lost, being depressed, and being empty. And then somebody opened up the Bible to us and told us about the gospel of Jesus Christ and told us that all of our sins can be forgiven, that we can repent of our sins and in baptism have it washed away. You remember the time when you heard that God can fill you with the gift of the Holy Spirit and all oh, that first time when God gave us the wonderful gift of the Holy Ghost and we began to speak in other tongues. Oh, hallelujah. There's a joy associated with that. I just, I just read a, one of the pastors in Malaysia I was in. She just messaged me. She's a pastor, and she was just telling me that she went the other day to go get a massage because she's having so much back pain. And she said she started talking to the masseuse, the lady, and started sharing to her the gospel. And so she didn't end up getting, giving her a massage, but the pastor ended up laying hands on her. And in that massage room, she ended up receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. Sister Julie, praise God. Hallelujah. 
But here, here's what Psalms 124.7 says. It says, our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we are escaped. I don't know about you. I don't know if you've ever been locked up in anything you've ever been held captive or maybe you saw death in the face and you were about to die and somehow by the grace of God you escaped can you remember the joy that you feel when you walked out of that prison when you walked out of that captivity when you walked out of that life and death situation that could have easily taken you I'll tell you what happens there's a joy say thank you Jesus there's a thankfulness there's a gratitude he said we are like that bird that's escaped out of the snare Satan had me bound the devil had me locked up oh but when I got born again the power of Satan was loosed off of my back and now I'm free I am free as a bird I'm free to spread my wings and follow the promise of God oh hallelujah anybody remember that Come on, we were lost in sin. We were groping in the darkness. We were trying to find some semblance of truth. And when the light of God came in, he opened our eyes and we saw. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Hallelujah. What are you talking about? Does that mean I'm always going to be giggling and happy and all that? I don't believe it refers to that. I believe joy is just something dwelling in the depth of you, this kind of welling up of, of, of bubbling up of this, this life that's in you that says there's joy. That even when trouble comes, it's okay. I, I can still come to the house of God. I can still serve the Lord. The joy of our salvation could very well mean the fact that we know that when our life on earth is through, that it, we're going to spend eternity with him. I said, well, pastor, you don't know what I'm going through right now. I'm, I'm, I've got a whole kind of mess right now in my life. I've got all kinds of trouble, and I don't know if I can have joy. I don't know if I can come to the house of God. Well, listen to me. The difference between knowing you're going to go to heaven and not knowing where you're going to end up is it, 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 enormous because when you're not living for God you're living in sin then, then there's always this nagging thought that no matter what we do to try to preoccupy our minds watch binge on however many Netflix series you want to go to every club and party and concert that you can do inebriate yourself to try and forget about at the end of it there's still this nagging feeling that when I die what's going to happen to me so there's never any lasting fulfillment when you're not saved but when you are saved when you know according to the word of God that you're going to spend heaven with God forever then it doesn't matter what kind of trial you might be facing right now. It doesn't matter what kind of heartache. If your friends reject you, if, your, if people around you turn their back on you, yet you know it's going to be worth it all. When the last trump of God shall sound, when I close my eyes for the very last time, I know all the hell I'm going through right now, it's going to be worth it all. Because at the end, I'm going to be saved. At the end of it all, I'm going to be in heaven with Jesus. Jesus. so it matters not oh hallelujah are you hearing what I'm saying 
That's the joy of our salvation. Amen. Every trial you go through, every backbiting you have to endure, every disappointment, every betrayal in life, it will be okay because at the end of it, we're going to have our reward. At the end of it all, I will be saved. That's why it rejoices the heart. That's real joy. You, 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 can, you can escape the reality of life through partying and drugs and sin, but you know deep down inside it's still going to be there. That question, where will I spend eternity? When you know you're saved. This is the joy of salvation. And you, you'll come to this church and, you know, we, we welcome everybody here. This is, a, this is a hospital for the sick. Okay. So if, if you, you know, you come across somebody and, oh, well, they, they weren't very nice to me. They were rude. Well, listen, they, they're sick. We all got faults. We all got problems. We all got flaws. Amen. Like I say to you all the time. Say, you know, I, people say, I don't want to go to that church because they're full of hypocrites. But one more is not going to make a difference, so come along. You're welcome. Now, 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 listen, I'm not giving you license to be a hypocrite. I'm not giving you license to start backbiting your sister and brother and start doing bad. No, I'm not saying that. But we are still flawed human beings. We are a, a work in progress. We, we still got some issues. Amen. I'm not what I used to be. I'm not what I should be, but I'm not what I used to be. Thank the Lord. Praise God. But listen, if, if they do, even if somebody in the church of the living God uh, hurts you or offends you or, or doesn't say hi to you and, and maybe kind of gives you a slide, listen, you don't have to walk away from God because you still got your salvation. The church belongs to him. It doesn't belong to any individual. It belongs to God. You say, well, okay, I, I got I to gotta wrap this up. Musicians, you can come. I, I, you know, I, I, when I first came to church, I tell you, I backslid at 19 years of age because somebody came up to me, and I was very sensitive as a young man. Somebody came up to me and said, you're, you're only here to, to meet girls. <laughs> I was offended because that was partly true. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, I really needed the Lord. I, I, I was hooked on drugs and... I was inebriated and on drugs every day for two years. But I, I, I used that to, to offend me. And I stopped coming to church until I found myself back in the world. And I was even worse than when I started. I was doing worse drugs. I was, I was doing worse things, trying to silence this conscience in my head so that, that I would just get, not have God speak to me. But I was even more depressed than ever before. I was, I was even in deeper darkness. Until I found myself almost dying. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to belabor the story of what happened. I, I thought I was going to die. 
The only way I would have come back. I, you know what I said? I said, that was a cool church, but I'll never go back to that church again. I tried it. I tried Christianity, but it's not for me. You know, it's just until I saw death in the face. You know, that will wake up anybody. If you were in a hospital bed, you know you were going. I'm telling you, you get serious with God. Somebody said there are no atheists in foxholes. You know what a foxhole is? The trenches where they fight in World War I. The Marys invented that, trench warfare. There are no atheists in foxholes. And I found myself calling my friend, my buddy. I said, listen, are you still going to that church? He said, yeah. I said, I, I, need, I, need, to, I need to get back to God. Came home on a Wednesday night, came here, got baptized in Jesus' name. And I made up my mind. Somebody told me, said, whoever offends you in this church, don't worry about them. They didn't die for you. They didn't go to the cross for you. It's not their church. It's God's church. And I've learned that it, you got to have, it's got to be like water off a duck's back. You know, ducks have feathers and the water goes in, it just kind of slides off. Amen. Don't let anybody offend you. Don't let anyone steal your joy. If they're trying to say something to you, they're the ones with the problem. They're the ones with the issue. You're a child of God. I'm a child of the King. We are prince and princesses of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. And I want you to know today before this is through, when you simply respond to the word, you are peering into the glory of God. Remember, remember when he came to the temple, he had to bring the cloud because without the cloud in Solomon's temple, the glory of God would have consumed the priest inside the temple. He needed to have a filter. We cannot look into the immediate glory of God. The Bible says that Jesus is the express image of his glory. The only image that we can see is one who walked the earth 2,000 years ago and went to the cross for you and I. We don't have him here right now. He ascended into heaven. But in the same way that the glory of God was encapsulated within the body of Christ, the Bible says the word was made flesh, John 1 and 14, and we beheld his what? Glory. We saw the glory not some brilliant light but in the person can I tell you in the same way the Word of God is the glory of God when you follow it it's got the answers to your relationship problems how you ought to treat your kids how you ought to treat your spouse how you ought to treat your brothers it's in the Bible how you ought to speak how you ought to present yourself what you ought to think it's in the Bible Oh, I wish I could do a Bible study right now. I'm sorry. I, we, we've got this launch in Bondi Junction, so i got to finish. But I want you to know the glory of God is simply in His Word. That when you listen and you obey, you step out by faith and say, God, I believe something has to happen. Something has to change. Is that the power of God is released. It says that the Word of God did not profit them anything because they didn't mix it together with faith. If what you hear today, you can mix it together with faith, it will profit you. It will do something in you. 
Hallelujah. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I've got to finish. Let's all stand. Samuel came to the house of Jesse. Jesse said, I, I've come. He, Samuel told Jesse, I've come to anoint somebody. He came to anoint the next king because Saul was backslidden. Went through all seven boys. They didn't even invite David to the anointing. They didn't invite him. And, and, and Samuel, the prophet, says to Jesse, do, do you have any more boys? Is this it? God is saying no to all seven. He says, yeah, there is one more, but it's just David. He's young. He's only a teenager. He's ruddy. He's pretty to look to. He's so young. He doesn't, he doesn't have enough testosterone in his body. And Samuel said, bring him. I'm not sitting down until you bring him. Because even though David's family, his father and brothers, did not recognize him, God saw in the, in, 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 in the, in the, in the sheepfold, out, outside, nobody was paying attention. There was a, a man, a young man who was after God's own heart. The Bible says the word is righteous. Righteousness is something that's out of favor today. There are many people today who aspire for all kinds. They aspire for success. They have ambition to, 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 to have wealth, to succeed in sport. We have all kinds of drives. But I wonder, is there anybody here today that aspires for righteousness? I desire to be right with God. Hallelujah. Lift your voices right now in prayer. In the name of Jesus, Father, we're asking you today, Lord God, as we look and hear your word, we look into your glory, we look into your essence of your being, of your person. Lord God, that we can know you, we can see your face through the word of God. It's through your word that we can handle and behold the glory of God. Today, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would meet with us. Today, Lord God, I ask you that you would meet every need in this house, that you would manifest your power, the glory of God be revealed through your word today. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I want to open up this altar, invite you to come and pray here. We've got ministers and leaders to pray with you. If you believe his word, if you trust and want to look into his glory you need to repent of your sin the bible tells us that if we confess our sins god is faithful and just to forgive us our sin he says it's all the ball is on your court you still have free will if you today want to make this decision that as for me and my house we're going to serve the lord i'm going to trust your promises you've never received the wonderful gift of God's Holy Spirit to dwell in you in your spirit today you can come and we have ministers and leaders that are making their way ministers wives and leaders wives that are coming to pray with you if you need to repent of your sin and say God I'm making this decision I promise you all of heaven will rejoice over one sinner that repents if you've not been baptized to have your sins washed you can do it today. You can make this decision. We have water that you may be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins. If you need healing in your body, whatever your needs are, right now is our time. Today is the invitation that the Lord gives you for you to call to Him, talk to Him, reach out to Him in faith.